Gospel Message. The title of this week's Gospel Message is To Be Meek and Lowly in Heart. In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, from verses 28 to 30, that famous saying of Jesus that says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So a lot of times when I've heard this verse, it's always been preached or usually been preached, especially that part that says, for I am meek and lowly in heart. It's always been used to make reference to how you treat other people. A lot of the sermons that I've heard, and it's always about, you know, being meek and, you know, being lowly in heart, not being proud and, you know, being humble, especially with regards to how we treat other people. And while that is a good message, I don't believe that's what the verse is really saying. Because if we look at the context of those verses and see where it is positioned in the story of Jesus, in in Matthew chapter 10, we read that Jesus selected his 12 disciples. And it was at this time that he sent them out. In verse 5, it says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. So this is when Jesus sent his disciples out. And as verse 1 of that same chapter 10 tells us, he called his disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast out unclean spirits to heal all manner of sickness and disease. So this was their first evangelical mission, so to say, where they were now going out to speak to the lost children of Israel. It says, Jesus said to them, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaritans, but stay you know, in the cities of Israel, preaching the kingdom of God to them. And then Jesus went further in that chapter to really talk about how, you know, he was giving them, he was preparing them. He says, what city you shall enter, inquire whether it was worthy and abide till ye go hence. Verse 11, it says, when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you. Verse 14, and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So he was now getting them ready, letting them know that, hey, you're going to go to some places. They're going to receive the message. You're going to go to some places. They will not receive the message. And then Jesus's words regarding those cities that were going to reject his message started to become very, very strong. You know, he said in verse 15, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city, meaning those cities that reject 
the, the, the message of the kingdom of God. He said men will deliver them up to councils, will scourge them. So he was preparing his disciples for what was to come when they were going to be preaching his message and a lot of them were going to be rejected. And then uh, fast forward to chapter 11, he talked about the same things again and he was talking about the rejection. He was talking about how his disciples were going to go the same way it was happening for him, how his message, the message of the gospel, the message of him being the Messiah was being rejected. And he was, again, warning all these cities, warning these people who were going to reject him, what was going to happen to them. And it was his word was strong. It was strong. And when I say strong, it was, he wasn't mincing any words about what is going to be the, the repercussion to these cities slash people who were going to reject him. And he made also a comparison in that chapter 11, when he was talking about John the Baptist, and he was now saying, John the Baptist came to you guys in camel's hair, you know, no flash, no pomposity, no nothing, and you guys reject him. You said he was full, he was a devil, that he was full of the devil. And now here come I, and who is the opposite, you reject me too. So basically telling them that every word that has come to you people regarding the the kingdom of God, the gospel of salvation, you continue to reject. You reject everything that comes to you. You know, he gave the parable in verse 16 about where, where unto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling upon their fellows and saying, we have piped unto you, you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, you have not lamented. So again, he was just telling them, about the state of their heart because they rejected him because of the state of their heart. Their hearts did not believe. Their hearts were hardened and that's why they did not believe. Their hearts could not receive the message that was coming unto them. Here was the message of salvation first coming through the, the forerunner, which was John the Baptist, and they rejected the message. Now here comes Christ himself preaching the message and they rejected the message. And so he, and that's why he now, his, his words became strong. As I said, in, in verse 20 of that chapter 11, he says, then began he to upbraid these cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. They did not receive the word. This word did not move them to repentance, not to mention to accepting him. Verse 21, woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if these mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment. 23, and thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, Thou shalt be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained 
until this day. And we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We know they were destroyed because the amount of sin in those cities was so great. And Christ is now telling them that this word that is coming to you now, had this word been preached in Sodom, think of how bad they were in Sodom. Had this word been preached there, they would have been repented. But here are you guys, you know, completely. So that means you are even worse than the state of Sodom and Gomorrah. Again, going back to this hardness of heart. So when he now went forward in that verse 28, this was a plea. And he was now speaking this word unto those whose hearts were not hardened. Because again, his word had gone out and it met with hardness of heart. It met with rejection. It did not do what it was supposed to do in them, which is to bring them unto repentance. What causes repentance? Think about it. What causes someone to feel the need to repent? Because you now come into the knowledge that you have done something wrong. You come into the knowledge that you have transgressed, that you have done something that is not what you were supposed to do, and so you are grieved. And what does grief feel like? If you have ever felt grief before, grief is heavy. Grief is a burden. Grief makes you sad. Grief makes you miserable. Grief drives you crazy. It takes you outside of yourself and puts you into a state where you just feel totally and completely bad. You feel awful. You're either awful because you're sad. You're awful because you feel guilty. You're just not feeling good. That is what grief does. That is what the acknowledgement or the knowledge of sin is supposed to produce in us. When Christ speaks to us, when the Holy Spirit comes to us, remember, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And what does this light do? According to John chapter 1, light has come into this world, but men love darkness rather than light. This light reveals our darkness. It exposes our sin. And we are now supposed to be grievous of that sin, which is what now calls us or draws us to repentance. So Jesus was speaking directly. His word is now going to meander and maneuver through the hard, hard hardness of hard people to find those who are his. And he preaches to the world. But it is only those who are his in the world that receive his message. And so when he says, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. The ones who reject his word don't labor. They are not heavy laden. So he's not talking to them. He's talking to those who when he preaches this word, it is going to stir something in them that is going to lead them to repentance. And those were the people, we are the people that Jesus Christ talks to. Because when his word goes out, remember what the word of God says, 
the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it is a revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When the word of God goes out to those who are his, those who are called by his name, who will receive that word, it now reveals to us our darkness. It reveals to us our sin. It reveals to us what we have done and who we are that stands in opposition to God. It brings us face to face with our transgressions and act is supposed to cause sorrow. And sorrow leads to repentance. And that now gives us the burden. It gives us the load, the heavy load. That thing is not talking about problems. We use it to preach about, oh, if you have a problem, come to Christ. That is fine to use it in that respect. But we have to go down to the, to the nitty gritty to talk about what it's really talking about first. First, because Jesus was preaching to these people to receive his gospel to receive it unto conversion. He wasn't preaching to them about their problems. He wasn't preaching to them to come to them, to come to him so they won't have problem again. That is not what he was preaching at this time. He was preaching about sin. He was preaching about come to me so that I can save you. Come for salvation. And when his word now goes into those who are his own, whose hearts are not hardened and are willing to receive him, then they feel the burden of their sin. And then we now come to him, those who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word rest is what drives this point home. Because when we now come to him with our burden, he who takes our sin upon himself, that is the rest. When he takes the sin, he makes us lighter. He now removes the burden from us. He removes the load from us and we now have rest. No longer burdened by that sin. No longer burdened by that guilt because we have been forgiven. That is the message there. He says, now take my yoke upon you. Give me yours. Give me your burden. And then take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. What does that meek and lowly in heart symbolize? Remember what Jesus Christ's platform was. My meat is to do the will of my father. Jesus had no will. He had no will. He had no agenda. His agenda was his father's agenda. His, his will was his father's will. His platform was his father's platform. He had nothing for himself. He said, that which I do, I do of the father who sent me. His father's will was his total and complete will. He had nothing. When he says, I am meek and lowly in heart, he's saying, come now with nothing. Just come to me. Just 
come to me with no agenda, with no plan, with no purpose, with no scheme, with no nothing. Come to me with a meek heart. A meek heart is ready to receive. A heart that is lowly. What is low? All the way at the bottom. Nothing. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to your cross I cling, Lord Jesus. Come with nothing and I will give you rest. You will now find rest unto your souls. Everything in your life that has been a burden, which is pretty much everything of the life of sin. He says, it will be no more and you will now have rest. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Walking in me is easy because you're not doing anything for yourself. Everything you now become is about me. And what I am is about my father. So take my yoke upon you. And what is it? We have, we come to God, we come to Christ with all these mountains of plans and we have just so much to say. We have all these propositions. There are all these caveats. There are all these precursors. You need to do this and do this. You need to achieve this and achieve this. And Jesus Christ here, all he says is come. Come. He didn't ask them to do a single thing. He said, come, come and I will give you rest. I, he will give us the rest because he is the one who takes the burden. He is the one who takes the load. He is the one who forgives the sin. He is the one who cleanses. It is his light that swallows up the darkness. We cannot do it. We do not do it. Everything we do as a plan of action after that is us now walking in this new life that we are walking in accordance to the will of God in Christ Jesus as dictated by the Holy Spirit. It is not of us. I have been crucified with Christ and yet I live, but not I but Christ who lives within me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of God, the Son of God. Not even my faith, not even my strength. I live by His. So everything we are is Him. It is now His will that we live for, meek and lowly in heart. I no longer have an agenda. My agenda is Christ's agenda. My will is Christ's will. I, in and of myself, I have nothing. I am nothing. Learn of me, he says, because that was the state of his heart. It had no agenda. The father's agenda was his agenda. I am meek and lowly in heart. Learn of me. Come to so that you can now be meek and lowly in heart, just as I am. And as I live for the Father, you too will now live for the Father through me. This is the message here. This message is about surrender. Surrender. That's what this message is about. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Drop 
everything. Drop your notions. Don't come with a notion. Just come with your burden. Come with your load. Come with your acknowledgement that you are a sinful creature. And apart from this grace of God in Christ Jesus, we are doomed. We are condemned. And you have to feel the burden of that. Because we cannot come to true repentance unless we feel the weight and the burden of our sin. And Christ has only one requirement. That you come. That you come. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Reading from verse 16. Prior to that, that chapter talked about the Israelites and how they still lived according to the law. Again, having all these rules in their head, regulations in their head, all these formulas, A, B, C, step one, step two, step three, and not being able to separate that and just receive Christ in faith. And that was what that message that the Apostle Paul was preaching to the Corinthians. He said, now that you are in Christ, you don't have to live according to the law. Once you receive Jesus Christ, you fulfill the righteousness of the law through Christ. And you now walk after the spirit. You live according to the dictates of the spirit. But drop everything in your head. Drop your formulas. But the people couldn't do that. They were so used to that. And that's why from verse 14 in that 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in reading the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is still upon their heart. So it's like they couldn't separate themselves from this formula religion, formula Christianity, rules and regulation Christianity. And don't confuse rules and regulations with righteous living. Righteous living is not done in Christ according to the law. It is done according to faith, where now the Holy Spirit is the one that moves us. The Holy Spirit will never move us in a path that is unrighteous. The Holy Spirit will always move us according to the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. If it is contrary to the will of God, the Holy Spirit will not move us that way. But we understand that we are not moving that way because we are following the law. We are moving that way because we are surrendered to Christ. That is the difference. So in this verse 16, he says, nevertheless, when it, and what is the it? Your heart, your heart, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When we turn our hearts to Christ, when we receive him, when he says come and we actually come, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Remember what he said in that Matthew, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
The rest is the liberty that he's talking about here. I will take away your burdens. The burden of this sinful life, I will take it away. The burden of the law, I will take it away. When you turn to the spirit of the Lord, when our hearts turn to the spirit of the Lord, he will give us liberty. He says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. And we are now changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. It is the spirit of the Lord that changes us. It is not us keeping the law. It is his spirit. So when he says, come unto me, we have to come surrendered, giving every bit of ourselves to him so that his spirit can now guide us. And his spirit will speak to us as clearly as Christ spoke to his disciples face to face. The spirit speaks to us within our hearts within our souls, within this temple that is our body. But he says the only way you can do it is if you surrender totally to me, to my spirit, as I surrendered to the Father. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. I am humble to the point where I give up my life. I have no life. I have no nothing. Everything that I am is at the Father's disposal. So everything that we are has to be at the disposal of Christ. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And may the Spirit of the Most High God in Christ Jesus bring us unto him that he might give us rest and that his spirit might cause us to learn of him so that as he is, we too will be meek and lowly in heart. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.